Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you that your wounds have paid our ransom. We thank you, Lord, that for all who are in Christ, when they awoke this morning, his mercies were new every morning. Father, we thank you that we have been washed clean by the blood of Jesus. We thank you for your grace. We thank you for the gift of your Son and the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. Father, we just pray again, may we never stray from this. May this consume our life for the rest of our days into eternity, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. Please be seated. Well, wasn't that amazing what uh, Jenny and her team brought to us this morning? Fantastic. Thank you, guys. They're all out there celebrating, but just amazing. I love the contrast that was shown between the superheroes, which all our young children love and know so well and play and dress up like, but then bringing that back into perspective of who Jesus is and how he is actually the ultimate hero. In fact, the reality is he's the only hero. And uh, we, not only did he come to bless us, but we can live our life out through him. And um, Superman and Spider-Man, as the show depicted, uh, don't do that. They do great things on their own, but we can do amazing things in Christ. Amen. Very exciting. Thank you. I'm not going to speak for long this morning. A lot's already happened. But what I, what I want to do in starting off is, is just look, and I am not a negative person and I don't feel negative, but let me say this. We've been here in Lane Park for 15 years now. How many of you were here in 2001 when we first came on the property? Okay, still a good number of people. And uh, what a fantastic joy it was. And I hope most of you know the history of how we got here. I hope that we bought an old broken down building in Queen Street and we didn't pay for it out of our uh, offerings and giving. We had an amazing woman, uh, Anne Hyde, who was amongst us, started an op shop and said that she would give half all the profits to us as a church. That gave us 355000 so we bought this broken old down building and then Countdown decided they wanted it for a supermarket. That's where they are now. And they paid us $1.1 million for it a couple of years later. So we took that money and we started to build a place in Park Street. And then this wonderful place came, for, um, came up for a sale and we were in the process of building a purpose-built building in Park Street. And Paul Jackson, who was the pastor then, came into my office and said, Bruce, we've got a better deal. And I said to him, it's way too late, Paul. We're already building this. He said, oh, just forget about that. That's nothing. We're going to go for this thing. And I was traveling constantly at the time. And I said, yeah, well, I hope I'm away on the Sunday morning that you're going to tell the congregation that. Uh, anyway, we got involved in the negotiations and we, the property that we'd bought in Park Street, we'd already put drainage and everything in there. We sold it back to the person we bought it off for a $50,000 extra profit because he'd changed his mind and decided that he'd want it. And that gave us almost the total amount of money to come onto this property. 
And so we came onto this property, I think at the time, with a mortgage of about $100,000. It's now worth just under $4 million. Amazing, guys. We have not used a dollar of our gifts, offerings, funding out of that to go from nothing when we used to travel around everywhere to a meeting in school halls every Sunday, pack up, set up, pack down, all that sort of thing, to this property without investing a dollar of our own money. Now, only God can do that. Only God can do that. So a tremendous story. I'll add the one bit to it. Um, the Before we bought it, another supermarket, I'm not going to mention any names, had bought that property in Queen Street for a million dollars, then decided the downturn in the market wasn't worth building a supermarket, so they sold it to us. Paul and I went to Auckland and did negotiations for 350000 which Anna Hyde had raised. So then two years later, we sell it back again to another supermarket for $1.1 million. That was a crazy ride, guys. I loved being part of it. I can remember all those meetings and discussions, and it was thrilling. And here we are. So it's a tremendous blessing of God. But I want to be very honest and say this. As a church, we have never really fired since coming on this property. It's true that we haven't. Some great things have happened, and I thank God for them. But for a myriad of reasons, we were never quite able to get the formula right to thrive here. And we went through some very difficult times. In our 40-year history, and I've been here 39 of those years, um, we, we have, have had the most difficult period of time since being here and since being on this property. And through all the confusion and different things, which I'm not going to go into, many, many dear friends, which we all love, got confused, got hurt, and left. And um, including in them were my family. And they left with my blessing and, and with God's blessing, but they left. And my grandchildren went with them, which broke my heart. And God has really blessed them in their leaving. But obviously I wish they were still here today. And so many of us have seen family and friends go during those very, very difficult times. But I believe a brand new day and a brand new season has come upon us. I really believe that. And that's what I want to speak to this morning because a primary role or a designation of the church is to be a people called out by God for a particular purpose, a people who relate to one another around a common goal and a common calling and a common destiny. And I am absolutely convinced that God wants us to become far more focused on who he is and what Lane Lane Park Church does from this point on. One of the things that make a people a people anywhere, and now I'm talking to us as this community, is their shared history. We have huge history, some of us longer than others, going back together, and we're bonded into that history in Christ. And like many of you, much as who I am and who I do today, I got saved here in this congregation way back in 1979. But much of what I do has come from belonging to this community. And I'm grateful to God and to each one of you for being part of that. Many years ago, Dennis Peacock came here. 
And he taught that true biblical fellowship comes out of common labor. What binds us together is being able to work together. Friendships are great and hanging out and having time together is fine. But we get bound together as we work together for a common goal and a common purpose in Christ. And I'm sure many of you have discovered that again over the course of this year, as you've all worked so hard alongside one another for the heap of tasks that we've uh, pursued. And to me, it has just been amazing. It's been like a dream come true for me. And uh, I believe, as I've said, that in this new season of God, he is moving upon us in a new way. In the church office and in my office here at the church, there's a record, it's about this thick, of all the prophecies that were spoken over what was originally Christian Fellowship in Upper Heart and is now Lane Park Church. That whole record's there. And in preparing this message this morning, I went over it again. It's very, very interesting. Right back to 1978, they started, and many of them are dated and have the names who bought them. Some of them aren't. But it makes a lot of interesting reason. Reading, But some have been remarkably accurate, stunningly so, and have already been fulfilled. Some of them haven't yet. And others are probably just the result of some people getting too enthusiastic. The scriptures tell us not to despise prophecy, but they tell us to judge it and weigh it. But what I did see, going over it again, was that what was a lot of what was said in faith has not yet come to pass, but I believe it will. And I believe it's God's intention to do it. But the trouble is, and for those of you that spend a lot of time browsing the internet, there is too much going on in the so-called name of the Lord saying what God is going to come and do in this society and ignores the fact that he sent his son, then he sent his Holy Spirit to commission and empower his people, us, to do those things. And we're spending too much time saying God's going to come and revival's going to come to New Zealand and people are going to be falling down in the streets and, hey, I'm up for that. But God is not going to come and do what he has commissioned and empowered us as his people to do because it has cost him way too much to set it up to then go and usurp it. He's not going to do that. So it comes back to us as his people to front up and stand before him and be empowered by his Holy Spirit and say, yes, Lord, we're going forward with you. And I believe this year has been an incredible year preparing for that. See, it's no secret that I love this church and it's made a huge contribution to my life and my family, including our calling in God. And I love this property. I work as a young man. Just, just be quick. What did you have to say, ma'am? Thank you, ma'am. Appreciate it. Thank you for your word. Okay, so carrying on. Um, 
what, what I want to say very much is, as much as, as loving this property, I worked here, and by the way, it's not still under warranty, so you need to understand that. I worked here with my father doing all the drains here, and some of them are broken up and they're leaking a little bit, and the, um, the warranty has expired. It's, it's okay, guys, it's okay. It's, it's, it is no problem. Just may God, may God bless her and her heart for him. So I, I worked here doing all these drains and some of them are leaking. I'm just telling you there's no warranty anymore and so we're going to have to get a lot of this work done. But it was an amazing thing as a kid to be working on this property. The whole lot was owned by a millionaire who made his money when the war came in uh, with a company called Atlas Shovels and Wheelbarrows and his name was Mr. Jepson. And I had some amazing times uh, with him as my father, who was a contractor, did all the drains here. So I have a huge investment in this place, but it's not about this place. It's about who Jesus is and who we have to be as his people commissioned by him. And I still pray the way today that I did in October 2001 when we came here that the light that we shine is not the light of Lane Park, but the light that shines from a people who know their God and are seeking to do great exploits in his name. Amen? Amen. So as I was praying and preparing, God put a word on my heart that I would like to share for you, with you all. It's from Isaiah 42, verse 13 to 16. The Lord will go forth like a warrior... He will arouse his zeal like a man of war. He will utter a shout. Yes, he will raise a war cry. He will prevail against his enemies. And here's where it really touched my heart. Verse 14. I have kept silent for a long time. I have kept still and restrained myself. Now, like a woman in labor, I will groan. I will both gasp and pant. I will lay waste the mountains and hills and wither all their vegetation. I will make their rivers into coastlands and dry up the ponds. I will lead the blind by a way they do not know and the paths they do not know, I will guide them. I will make darkness into light before them and rugged places into plains. These are the things I will do and I will not leave them undone. And I really believe that God is speaking that to us as a congregation, that he's saying, I am going to move and I'm going to create the opportunities. But there is a void in God doing that, that he expects his people to fulfill. And that is us. And we need to be putting our hand up and saying, Lord, we're excited. Uh, We want to be part of that. We want to see that happen. And in the context of that, I want to talk a little bit about leadership. In Hebrews 13, 17, it tells us to obey our leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over our souls as those who will give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. And I I want to say this, guys, I travel around a number of churches around the world, and, and one of my main jobs is to be like a mentor to elders and leaders. And being an elder or a leader in a church today is a tough call. And the reason why 
is because there is less respect for authority in the Western world today anyway than there ever has been. Now, I am not knocking this, but it's quite amazing with my grandchildren when they tell me all their various parents' names and they call them all by their first name. Now, that's the way it is today, and I'm not saying it should be any different. It's not their fault. The parents tell them to call them by their first name. And I tell young children to call me by my first name, and I don't like being called Mr. Billington. But the issue is that gap has gone where, as a child, I wouldn't dare call an adult by their first name. I just wouldn't dare do it. And so much of what is respect and what is authority has been broken down. Some of it, I think, is even a good thing. And some of it's not. And there's a balance in that. But one of the things that I discover is working with leaders around the world. Most of them, I was going to say all, and I just didn't use that word in the end, but to me it's pretty much all of them, are most incredibly dedicated, hard-working people and very sincere people. But as I sit in their lounge rooms and we get down to very honest conversation, most of them share that one of the key things they struggle with is discouragement because it seems they've never done enough, they're not doing good enough, they're doing too much of this and not enough of that, and the comments come back, by the way, some people are saying this about you, some people are saying that about you. And having been an elder for many years, it's not easy to process that stuff. Now, I'm not speaking on behalf of our own eldership team here, none of them have shared that with me, but I know the struggles And I know what it's like to be in those leadership positions. And I'm not saying that we should put our leaders up on an ungodly pedestal or agree with everything they say or that we shouldn't sometimes express our concerns and the things that bother us. And nor am I saying that leaders don't get things wrong at times because we all know they do, just as parents do and everybody else does. I just want to say this. God appoints his leaders and he loves them and they love him. And we need to look after them. We need to seek their best at all times and we need to constantly uphold them before him in prayer. And in 1 Timothy 5.17 it says, Let the elders who, the elders who rule well are to be considered worthy of double honour especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. Now, who is Paul saying they should be considered worthy of double honour by? He's not preaching at God. He's not telling God the way God should feel about his elders. He's telling us as a congregation that we should consider the elders worthy of double honour, especially those who work hard at preaching and teaching. And so... In the light of that, I want to ask us to continue being a most wonderful congregation of people, which we all are, that our elders love to serve, which they do. And that our elders feel nurtured and encouraged by as we move on into what I think is going to be an amazing but busy and challenging time in uh, in God. (coughs) And, And all of that... I want to just turn the, um, just talk about Jesse and Angie. 
Oh, yeah, they're both here. They're sitting separately because they work very hard separately on Sunday morning. So that's okay. Angie, just come over here and sit with Jesse for a little while. <clears throat> there we go. See, I'm sure that all of you have appreciated the tremendous impact that they've made on Lane Park Church since they came amongst us two and a half years ago. I think it has just been amazing. They've brought fresh vision. They've brought lots of energy. They've brought a very strong focus on what Lane Park Church should become. And they've brought tremendous passion uh, to everything they do. And most of us would agree that as a result, our church has a whole new feel and a vitality to it. Last week at our Sunday service, we talked about the many wonderful achievements that we've all enjoyed throughout this year. And what a year it has been, guys. Amazing. And I won't go through it all because Jesse did that, <clears throat> or at least some of that last week. And I know so many of you have contributed selflessly and sacrificially to the year. And I, for one, want to encourage you and thank you for that. It's been amazing. But it's fair to say that much of it came as a result of the vision that Jesse and Angie have brought to us. And we want this to continue well into the future. And in order to achieve this, the elders, along with myself, believe that the time is now right to set Jesse aside as the pastor of Lane Park Church. Now, please understand, this is not a departure from our roots. We remain an eldership-led church, meaning that the final authority for this church under Christ sits with the eldership as a team, not with any one individual. But throughout most of our history of this church, we have always had someone in a senior leadership role. We set Hudson aside for that in 1979. We set Paul Jackson aside for that in 1982. So there has always been somebody in that role. And we've had a season without this, but we now believe that the season is over and it's necessary to empower Jesse to drive the vision, the direction and implementation of many of our activities by maintaining a greater degree of personal oversight over them. He'll also be given a greater degree of freedom to pursue many of the initiatives that him and Angie hold dear in their heart and long to see happen. So I can assure you, Jesse is not acting alone. He's obviously part of the eldership team and he's also part of the office team, which includes Bruce McEvitt and myself. And despite all being very different, we all work closely and harmoniously together. But I, along with the elders, are convinced that a key requirement for much of what I have spoken about in regard to the development of Lane Park Church from this time on will require the type of leadership that Jesse is able to provide. Uh, Jesse is no pushover. He is a strong, confident leader who is not afraid to rattle cages. And he has a lot of vision. He's not easily discouraged or dissuaded However, I want to assure you of this, and I know he's part of my family, and I love him and Angie and Archer and Bennett dearly, but I can still assure you of this, Jesse is willing to listen. 
He's willing to learn. He is prepared to seek advice and he always wants to know how he could do things better. And as a mentor to many leaders, including Jesse, I want to say I don't ask for anything more than that. And of course, if he really gets out of line, I can tell his mother on him. (laughs) And believe me, that has him shaking in his boots. (laughs) However, joking aside, we are very excited. So sometime early in the new year, we haven't set a day yet, but sometime early in the new year at a Sunday service, we are going to pray for Jesse and Angie and we are going to commission Jesse to this new role. And obviously, if any of you wish to discuss this, have any comments, questions, please feel free to see myself or one of the elders, not Jesse, please, but one of the elders, uh, if you want to, please feel free to do that. So we are very, very excited about this and excited about all 2017 is going to bring. So thank you and God bless you. And I'm looking for Peter.